You're listening to the Grieving Mamas Club podcast, a space for moms who are on the wild ride of motherhood while navigating their grief journey. We're Karen Rashida. Between the two of us, we're motherless moms of four toddlers and an angel baby. Together, we're going to feel our feels, but also remind you that there's joy on the journey too. Let's dig in. Hello, listeners, and welcome to season two, episode six. We are just cruising right along in this season. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, wait, oh, yeah. Is this episode six? No, you're right. Seven. It's episode seven. Good yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Kara's like, give me that damn credit. <laughs> well, my note. My notes. I know. Actually, my notes I'm also say seven. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pull out the receipts. The receipts. <laughs> episode seven, it is even better. Um, and we are welcoming our third guest of the season. We are just cruising right along, um, telling wider stories of grief than than just Kara and I alone, which actually makes me really excited because that's kind of the whole point of this thing. Right. Um, this guest I'm really, really excited about. So she is one of our like for real OG listeners um, who has been listening to the podcast since Kara and I put this baby out into into the world. Um, and then as we were prepping to talk, to get on this call and talk through what we were going to do, she let us know. She was listen- she listened to all of the episodes again um, to prep for her episode. And Kara and I truly can't believe someone wants to listen to us. Again, <laughs> and more than one time. <laughs> she listens to us more than we listen to us. It's just taking notes. Like- <laughs> that makes me like completely, like it gives me all the good feels. Um, but I'm I'm super excited to welcome to the show Kat McMillan. Um, she is going to be talking to us today about goodness. Um, I'm calling it compound grief um, because there's a whole lot of faucets to grief of grief to her story. Um, it starts with losing both of her parents, um, which is obviously a grief. Like we've done loss of moms and we've done loss of dads. Um, but never one person, both losses. Um, so excited to bring, to tell that side of Kat's story. But then there's also just other pieces of grief that kind of interweave within her story. So Kat, we're so excited to have you. Yeah. Well, Thanks for having me too, Kara Rashida. Um, this is, this is going to be cool. I'm not going to say fun, but I know it'll be a really good experience, I think. Well, yeah. it'll be fun too. Yeah, you know, it'll be fun. But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. We're talking about death and all kinds of sad shit. Death is a part of life. We are. It is. We it's always it. are. It's always weird for us to be like, yeah, we're so excited you're here. But it's like, we wish you weren't. Yeah. Not under these pretenses that we, I wish we did no. not have to meet, but here we are. And we're happy you're here. And we're happy that we could all be here for each other. Yeah. So listeners, Kat and I had a little bit of like a pre-call last week to just kind of talk through the pieces of her story. Um, And one thing you said, Kat, that I, in my notes, when we talked that you were like, my first encounter with grief. Um, I loved that because it, it's, yeah. it's almost poetic. <laughs> um, yeah. So talk us through that. So let's talk through kind of your grief story and journey. Um, And you can jump in wherever you want to. Sure. Yeah. When I was um, just thinking about, I, I'd you know talked to you a long time ago about if you ever wanted to have me on the show, I'd I'd be interested. And then when we set the, the scheduled it, you know, I was like, okay, well, let me really think about 
it, this what this means to me as far as like what, what was the first time I experienced grief and like how did that affect me and the way I grieved these other significant losses in my life and so I really went all the way back it's like what's the first thing I remember um was I have a little timeline here uh, my grandpa died my mother's dad died when I was in first grade and I I was just talking to um my sister-in-law yesterday about remembering remembering things from like preschool and kindergarten and she was like you remember preschool and I'm like yeah I have a lot of memories from that and I don't know if that's unusual for most people but I have a lot of memories of like what happened when my grandpa died and I was six years old um wow I think that's so pretty unique agree I guess so I mean maybe just because I thought about it a lot afterward and played it over and over in my head but um you know my mother was very devastated by it he had I didn't even really know why he died um, until, like, I don't know, in the last five years, I maybe, like, learned the actual reason. Oh. I knew he was in the hospital, um, and I remember thinking, my mom would say, well, we couldn't go visit him. I wanted to see him. She's like, sorry, they, they don't allow children in there or something like that. And I visualized, like, getting on my brother's shoulders and, like, putting a trench coat on so I could, like, sneak into the hospital as a grown-up. <laughs> Victor gadgets are lost in yeah. yeah yeah and uh that never happened and then you know I don't really remember when they told me he died but I just remember like crying to my first grade teacher and um you know drawing a bunch of pictures to put on his casket at the funeral and like kind of remember what that looked like and mm -hmm. um and so it was also really devastating for my mother at the time but I was still pretty young to like really see that what impact it had on her um, until a little bit later, but that was that was like my first one, and um, then there were just some others scattered through. Like I remember learning of a, another student in my school when I was in fifth grade who died from leukemia, and that was kind of a big deal because she'd been sick for a long time, and we were a very small school, and so everybody knew her. And yeah, and I went to her funeral, and it was like an open casket, and it was like. I didn't really remember that recently until like I was kind of thinking about coming on this podcast and uh, I was like, whoa, I do remember a lot from that. So yeah, that was, I was, I guess, 11 at that time. Um, but, you know, then I, you know, was in high school and started my year of college. Um, 2002, I moved from Dallas to St. Louis. Uh, I grew up in Dallas with my parents. Um, my father wasn't self-employed artist he worked from home uh he was an editorial cartoonist for memphis business journal for like 25 years and my mother um was a travel agent at our family business she worked for her dad so when he passed away it was she had to like take over the company it was pretty hard on her um, that, that, was that gave me a pre like a, a preview to the other pieces of your story that 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 is a parallel mm -hmm. yes yes it is um so yeah my high school life was great you know um I don't think I experienced any significant losses that I can think of um during all that but my uh first year of college I 
was great. I uh, came home for the summer. My dad spent a lot of time in Tennessee because he really hated Texas. So he would go and work from Tennessee for a while where he where he lived and or where he grew up and um, where we would spend a lot of time in the summers because my grandmother lived there. And I uh, came home for the summer and then I started my sophomore year of college in the fall of 2003. And, you know, just like loving life, you know, making friends and living on campus, um, loving my classes. And it's Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And I think I just got out of the shower. And I don't even think I was dressed. And my phone rings. And it's my dad. And he's very upset. Um, and he said something like, it's, it's mother, it's mother, she's gone. I don't know what happened. But I think it was a heart attack or something like that. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And then I was like, Mima? And he was like, oh, gosh, honey, no, I'm talking about your mother. Oh. And so for like a minute or two, I thought that he was telling me my grandmother had died. Yeah. And then he was like, no, I'm talking about your mother. Oh. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I just I... lost it. Like, yeah. yeah. How is that even? How are you telling me that right now? I'm 19 years old. Yeah, that's you're not expecting like, this at all. Yeah, no, not expecting it at all. Um, I'm completely alone in my apartment. I had a roommate who we we were good friends, um, but she was gone because it was Labor Day weekend, and she lived out in Washmo, so she wasn't there, and almost nobody was on campus at the time. And so, oh, I, I kind of went into flight mode, I guess. Um, I thought. I'm alone. I have to find somebody to be with right now. Mm-hmm. And I guess I told my dad I was going to do that. I don't really remember what <laughs> I said after that. But he was in Tennessee when it happened. My mother was in Dallas. And so he was packing up the car to drive to Memphis. He was in Jackson. He was driving to Memphis to get my older brother because that's where he was living at the time. And then they were going to drive immediately down to Dallas. But I, I just remember, like, I just threw some clothes on and I just booked it out of my apartment. I was knocking on doors. I'm like, who's home? Who's home? Can somebody just be with me right now? And then I finally found like two guy friends um, in our circle that were there and they were just like, whoa, what's happening? You know, <laughs> they had no idea what to do, but I'm just like, just let me sit on your couch and like call people and, and just cry. I, like, I don't want to be alone right now. Like there's a yeah, lot. I can't be alone. Yeah, like right I can't, I can't. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. I first tried to go to like, the the um friend who was the, the RA my freshman year like she'd become we'd become friends and she lived on campus and she wasn't home <laughs> and so like I went her first and it was just knocking and knocking so um I also remember being like a really beautiful day mm-hmm. outside I guess it was Sunday it was a Sunday and um yeah, nobody was there because we would be off school the next day. And yeah, it was just a really beautiful day. And my aunt called me and she got me a, a flight down to Dallas. And I packed my bags and a bunch of friends came over and, you know, just were with me. Uh, and then I got to the airport. Some friends took me to the airport. And I think back on this a lot because it's it's kind of funny, but it's like, Thank goodness I didn't get in trouble, but I had like stuffed all the stuff in my backpack, like really tight. 
And so I got like pulled aside for them to go through my bag. And I was like, be careful. It might explode. I'm like crying, <laughs> holding my stuffed animal. You're trying to like faking an innocent joke too. Like, yeah. I like, yeah. and he looked at me, he was like, explode. Oh, no, no, I just, mean, I just, mean, I just, it's like two years after 9 11, too. No, no. I was like, no. no. Like, I'm sorry. I just mean, I'm, I'm clearly, I'm like, right. Literally too soon. <laughs> it's still too soon. <laughs> no. Yes. So here's that. There's like oh. the first humor in this grief story for you. Yes. No. No. Uh, <laughs> but I also like immediately knew that I had to write everything down and I grabbed like my uh, sketchbook that I had made and I just literally started writing everything that happened. I was like, I don't want to forget this. Um, But I don't know what maybe prompted me to do that. But I was like, I'm just going to write crazy wherewithal. Yeah. Everything that just happened to me and everything that I'm feeling, all these curse words and stuff like that. And I also remember thinking like, I'm this like teenager holding a stuffed animal on a plane crying my eyes out and not a single person asked me if I was okay. Oh, uh, I'm surprised. I know. I'm like, was I that? Like, I'm tiny. I'm like, I'm kind of petite, you know? So it's like, I'm, yeah. I'm a, they were just like, oh gosh, I don't want to bother her. But this was also like before the iPhone. And so like, people aren't just like on their phones all the time. People used to talk to you on airplane, <laughs> you know? Right. Well, yeah. Don't ever talk to me on an airplane. I don't want to yeah. talk to anybody ever on an yeah. airplane. No. So I just, I'm like crying and writing and like, you know, whatever. Maybe that's why you were crying and writing and they were like, what's just that quick little love? Yeah. She's calling through, she's calling through something. Yeah. Yeah. But that is surprising that no one was, was like at all, even the TSA agent. I mean, granted, he was. Yeah, the TSA. Yeah. She was a tiny terrorist. Yeah. 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 He must have seen, he must have seen through it and been like, otherwise my whole day would have been completely different. Oh my God. <laughs> Just take her aside. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I just remember getting to my uncle's house and we all like made it into town and like, I just like climbed onto my dad and like held him. It was like, I can't lose you too. It's like all I could think about. You know, and we're just all like, what the hell just happened? She was 55 years old. And she was fine, you know, the day before. That's wild. Yeah. But a little background on, like, the circumstances and just a little more about my who my mom was is, you know, she's at this point in her life where she's managing the business, um, Two of her kids are off to college. She has a 15-year-old son. You know, she's sort of like, okay, I'm kind of ready to, like, do some things I want to do, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. she had um, been doing a lot of volunteer work with a charity in town for years. Like, I would go to the events with her and volunteer with her and things like that. And she, I remember her telling me, like, she just decided, like, she really wanted to dedicate more time to this. Mm-hmm. And so that Saturday was their annual fundraiser and she was like in, tar- in charge of the whole silent auction um she got her hair cut she like got all dressed up it was at this hotel in dallas uh this fancy hotel so like she and her co-worker and friend got a got a room that night um so that they could just go to the gala and stay the night so 
that Saturday night, she was having like some chest pain and stuff going on in her arm. And so they checked her out after, I guess after the event, the paramedics came and checked her out. And uh, from what I understand, she was just like, I'm, I feel I feel better now. You know, I had a Coke. I think it's just indigestion and all her vitals were fine and everything like that. And then she went to bed and the next morning, I guess when she was like showering, she collapsed. Oh and my gosh. So she yeah. was feeling so bad at the gala that, that they called the paramedic? Or were the paramedics yeah, no. there just like on standby and she was like, yo, I'm, you know. I think her friend and coworker was like kind of concerned what she was yeah. saying. And so, and so like said, we should be paramedics just hang out at gala's. Yeah. I mean, well, they might've been at the ho- at the hotel for some reason. I don't know. That's true. I don't know what in what instance I was thinking of it unless you're like at like a you know a baseball game a hockey game at, at a huge public event then then they have paramedics there yeah sorry uh, sorry I just couldn't let that one go <laughs> okay wow that's pretty crazy that she was feeling bad enough that they called and then, and then she was like, okay, I'm really better. And then, okay. Yeah. The and they asked her, you know, they did the whole, like, are you sure you don't want to go to the hospital? Like if she refused it three times. So they're like, mm-hmm. okay, we can't mm-hmm. force you to go. Right. Um, and all her vitals seemed okay at that point. Right. Yeah. What, I mean, it, what can you do? And she probably, uh, was she ever afraid of the hospitals, doctors, like anything like that or? Uh, yeah. Good question. She, Definitely, much like Rashida's story and her mother, like, just took care of everyone else instead of herself. You know, she was really into, like, donating her time for this charity. The charity was specifically granting, like, um, wishes for terminally ill children and their families. Um, So she um, was also a heavy smoker and, um, you know, had probably had very high blood pressure didn't you know go to the doctor at least that i remembered um so yeah yeah, so like what as that generation didn't do yeah the common theme between the three of our mothers yeah right so we were um you know we had no idea what happened you know everybody thought oh she died so suddenly must have been a heart attack you know, my uncle's freaking out. He's like, I'm going to go get checked out. I'm sure it was a heart attack sort of thing. And then um, because she, I guess when she collapsed, like they did rush her to the hospital and they couldn't do anything. Um, what we found out later after the autopsy results came in, which they had to do because she was in a public place, or I guess she wasn't at home. So like, I guess because she was at a hotel. They were oh, this was at the... The hotel yeah. that she oh, collapsed. Oh. Yeah, the next morning at the hotel. Okay. Wow. Yeah. But she, you know, I just, I think about how, like, she just had this amazing night. Like, she was so happy. She was, like, totally in her element, like, doing exactly what she wanted to do. You know, I remember mm-hmm. I, I was on, like, AOL Instant Messenger with her probably the day before. Like, I know, I don't remember super clearly, but I'm pretty sure we chatted and said, I love you. You know, like, have those things that comfort me to know that she was like in a good place, you know, that she was happy mm-hmm. at that moment. But 
um, because we did have to do the autopsy. And of course, I probably, we probably would have anyway um, to figure it out, but she had um, an aneurysm by her heart. So what happens when the aneurysm gets too big, it bursts. And so she had a ruptured aortic dissection and it filled the blood or filled the sac around her heart with blood and basically just stopped her heart immediately. And so that's something you just can't fix unless you're on the operating table. Mm-hmm. Um, and wow. so, because yeah, because we learned that there's some like um, possibility of her being it being hereditary because that's actually what happened to my grandfather, her father, seven years before he died. He had an aneurysm in the same. Well, you could have them like. I guess, in different parts of your body, like on different vessels. Um, so on the aorta, like goes all the way from your heart to your stomach and his was by his stomach. So he had the aneurysm that burst by his stomach. So his symptoms were like, he just lost all feeling in his legs and stuff. Oh, wow. So he, he survived that because he was able to go into surgery. Because mm, uh, it wasn't right by his heart. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is what I, what I've learned. I'm, I'm not, mm-hmm. I hope I have the details, you know, fairly right, but um, at the time, so that was, if he died in 91, that was like, you know, 84 or three or four or something like mm-hmm. that. And um, he had to get a blood transfusion for the surgery. And back then they didn't have um, screenings for hepatitis. So his blood transfusion gave him hepatitis. Oh. What he ended up dying from complications of. No. Like liver liver failure. <laughs> yeah. But it gave him seven more years of life, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's another way to look at it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is it like makes you so mad because you're like, I, you're like, I didn't ask for, I didn't ask, I didn't do this, like, like this mm-hmm. just happened to me, and then like they were trying to save my life, and they gave me blood transfusion, and then this was a result of that, like, mm-hmm. yeah. But I, at that time in the eighties, I'm sure that happened a lot. Like they did, they didn't have those kind of blood tests. To anybody yeah. could give blood, right. so um, yeah. I mean, technology and medic medicals changed so much. So yeah. So yeah, that's what happened to my mom until that day. Um, you know, of course, we get home. We all convene as a family, trying to figure out what the heck's going on. I go to bed that night, and I know, I know, because I've just always had such intense dreams. I was like, I know my mom is going to come to me in my dream tonight. And I like yeah. prepared myself and I like wrote in my little journal. I was like, mom, just whatever you do, come to me peacefully because I do not want this to be hard tonight, you know? Yeah. And um, I can't remember really what the dream was, but it was good. And uh, like I wrote, I'm sure I wrote it down in that journal. But um, that was like sort of a, a thing that happened over and over again was dreaming about her a lot. I was going to ask, does, does she still come to you? Do you still see her? In your yeah, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I dream yeah. about my mom a lot. Like, oh, a yeah. lot, a lot. Yeah, and they're always... It's actually... I should probably look into this more. They're always... Like, we are fighting more than not in the dreams that I have with It's you and me. I know. <laughs> which is funny. Yeah, which is funny to me because we... we obviously fought because I was 15 we were like I was a teenager and every teenager is like I hate my mom yeah um but I we had a wonderful relationship so it's always funny to me that like I have these 
these dreams where like my mom and I are fighting when that's yeah. not really what our relationship was like. Mm-hmm. And nice. they used to they used to um really bother me. Like really yeah. like in the first couple of years waking up from a dream, like well, and I will actually back up and say, I don't know if I've ever said this on the show. I used to have dream before my mom died. I have a lot of dreams about my mom dying. Like, what? yes, a lot of them. Like I had several, several dreams. Some of them I can remember vividly about no. my mom dying. Yes. Whoa. And so I, That's I, it's super, yeah. And like, I would always wake up from those dreams and I would like go straight to her and be like, I had a dream that you died and blah, 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 blah. And like all this crying and stuff. And so, and so when my, after she died, it was kind of like the opposite, right? So then like you have a dream that she's there and then you wake up and she's not. And then it's like a nightmare all over again. So like I used yeah. to, they used to really, really bother me. And now sure. they don't. Like, I think that in some way, shape or form, I like them. Yeah. So it's the you know, because it seems like it, like it would be like a normal, you know, occurrence. Yeah. If she were I, just... It, but yeah, it, it reminds me that she existed for some reason. Like, yes. it, like it, it, yes. it's like almost like in some alternative, yes. alternative, alternative, what's the word? Yes. Universe yes. in my brain. Yes. She still exists. Like we still exist as mother and daughter. Yes. And so then I, I wake up from those dreams now and I'm not angry about them anymore. But I also think that's because I'm at peace at with where my life is, um, mm-hmm. like with like, it's not like I wake up from those dreams and I'm like living a life I really hate. Right. Yeah. Right. You're not, you're not in like, I feel like in the early stages of grief or whatever, after you lose someone so significantly and you have a, a dream like that, you want mm-hmm. to, like we've said before, you want to, you have the tendency to like idolize, like put people yeah. in the past on a pedestal and only mm-hmm. what, only at, out of the goodness of your heart, re- remember all of the good things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, and that's what you would have remember. You don't remember, especially when you're already feeling like shit and mm-hmm. you're sad, depressed, whatever. You don't want to remember like the fights, the arguments, how they may have been, you know, rude or shitty or whatever. You don't remember mm-hmm. that. You want to remember mm-hmm. all the good stuff. They loved you. You guys laughed. You had fun. You made up silly songs, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I just wake up in that like my life is, looks completely different than it did. So like, it's not like I'm waking up in the same house that we were in, you know? And so like, I'm, yeah. or like waking up and I'm going to do the same things we used to do. You're at a completely like, different spot in your life. Yeah. So like yeah. those dreams get to hold a different space mm-hmm. for me and they don't always make me sad, yeah. but well, yeah. that's just me. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the dreams that can be really intense about my parents are, are just kind of like creating new memories of them, you know, even mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that they're not real, but it's like in a way, my brain's just like carrying on that relationship. Yeah, I've yeah. read something along the. Oh, I do like that. It's like your subconscious can't come to terms essentially with the loss, um, on, a, on such a deep level that you start to create that that or keep carry on that life with as if they're there. I mean, yeah, in kind of a similar way, um, I had a lot of dreams the first you know, year or so where I was um, playing out her death in in different ways because I mm. didn't witness it. Yeah. You know, I yeah. wasn't there. I just like made it all up in my head with what it looked like. Uh-huh. Mm. And yeah, some of the first ones were like super violent and scary and just like out of this world, nothing like what really happened. And so those were pretty like 
tragic to feel, you know? Yeah, it, totally. But yeah, it. I don't know why we do that. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I'll go back. I feel like your about... brain has to like try to fill in. Yeah. Yeah. Story. Your brain's trying to fit to like, I don't know, reconcile what happened. Like, yeah. And how did this happen? Like, was it this? Was it this? Mm-hmm. Was it this? You know? So, Kat, so you, you're 19. You have lost yeah. your mom. Um, talk to us about kind of the years after that and then the loss of your dad. Yeah, I know. This is like, we could probably talk for a week. Um, <laughs> I, well, I was in school. Like, I just started my second semester of college. I was in all these art classes. Um, and you know, I get, when I'm driving home from the airport that night, like when, when I arrived with my aunt, I just remember telling my aunt, I'm not going to let this change me. Like, I know when stuff like this happens, people, they can spiral, they can just get out of control. Like, that's not who I want to be. I, you know, I've got to like keep on going. I don't know where all this is coming from. It's just like, I'm like, this is what I'm doing. Right. This Mm -hmm. is really tough. I'm going to get through it. Like we did, I was home for like a week. We did the funeral. We did everything. I sang at my mom's funeral. How the hell I did that? Oh my god! Sang? I didn't know you sang. <laughs> I, I do like to sing. I'm not like a singer, but I'm you know played around in bands and stuff. But yeah, I cool. sang. One of my mom's favorites. That's all. Oh, to by to my really good friends who are like were like in choir at school and like have gone on studying like opera singing so they were they were like right by my side and like oh, forget that yeah so i don't know i just so many intense memories from that week but i was like okay i'm gonna go back to school because that's what my mom would want me to do and i'm gonna i'm gonna get through this and i made a shit ton of art about her that semester oh, cool. and um you know processed a lot of it that way and that was you Wow. You grieve, like, so I just want to stop here and say the way that you process this already, and we're not even in the thick of your story yet, but like the way that you, I guess, like I, I had the wherewithal to be handling this at the times that it was happening. So like to have the wherewithal to be like, I'm going to journal all of my thoughts right yeah. now. Like, <laughs> You then be like, I'm going to process my way through this by, by journaling and doing art and doing all these things. Yeah. It's so like, I, as we know from my story, is so the opposite of what I did. Yeah. 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 Same for me. I was like, I, does this mean I have to go to therapy? Like that was my first thought. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to go to therapy. Girl needed therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Even like trying to plan my mom's funeral was so hard i have never Mm -hmm. done anything like that before but i can't imagine singing (laughs) yeah well it's really it was a short song so that was good (laughs) i i I still feel like it was like the best i've ever sang in my entire life like she was just giving i'm curious for energy yes what song is it i'm curious uh the rose by bet midler oh i don't know if you know that song yeah yeah uh yes i do I not. <laughs> wait, wait, no, is that the sunset? I'm not. Yes, yes. Sunset yes. in love. Oh, okay. Okay, okay here I'm going to think of your mom. Thank you. Um, we also played Bridge Over Troubled Water at her funeral, and um, I'm jumping forward a little bit, but 
you guys talked about like symbols and like oh, yeah. things like that. We love so, symbols. I love it. It was the the first anniversary of her death. I went. I flew back to Dallas to like be with my dad, and I I came back, and when I like was driving home from the airport, that song came on the radio. What? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's why I asked you too, because like that yeah. song is so that that is well. It was. Radio. I'm sorry. It was Bridge Over Troubled Water that came oh. on the radio. Okay, I don't know that. I had to listen to that song. And that one is like I don't think I had heard it in the whole year since her funeral mm. for some reason. So it was like, oh my God, I haven't heard this in a year. And I was almost home and I like pulled the car over and like, I'm like freaking out. And I yeah. I gotta call someone, you know, I'm out by myself. And I had another friend who I met that year um, who had two brothers like I do and have also lost her mom. And her, her name was also Kat. And so, like, we, we had this little bond started, and I, like, pulled over, and I, like, called her. I'm like, where are you right now, you know? Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I was just like, that's so wild that that song came on. Exactly. It is. A year from when she died. They do, so there's um, a, like, she's, like, a, a medium named Laurel and Jackson. She has two books, one called Signs, and the other one is called The Light Between Us. I cannot recommend them enough. They're beautiful okay. books. She's a beautiful human. Um, what she does for everyone with just connecting. She actually works for a foundation called the Forever Family Foundation where she connects parents who have lost their children and will communicate back and forth, you know, wow. for them. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so she, anyway, that is, she says that that's one of the ways that they will communicate with us is through technology. And um, if you just have the radio on, listen to what is being played because they're trying to talk to you. Wow, oh, I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sure I can't. I'm sure there's like so many other things that like have happened over the years like that with me. Yeah, I used to keep track of it. I kind of yeah. have stopped, but yeah, yeah. Well, um, anyway. gonna also say that the brag a little bit is that that first semester when I was back after. My mom died and I made all the art about her was the only semester in college I made all A's. Why? You were in it. You were like, <laughs> I'm going to do my best, damn it. Oh, my God. It literally was. I mean, I made like lots of A's and B's, but it was the only one where I made like completely all A's. Oh, my gosh. That is really something <laughs> to be proud of. For real. You know what? I Speaking of dreams and repetitive dreams, I frequently... Those total, total side note. I frequently have dreams that I need to get my college transcript and can't. And <laughs> like, freak. That's so weird, buddy. So weird. Like, frequently need to get my college transcript and can't. And then frequently, like, I'm like, it's my last semester and I'm like failing out of classes. Like, that is a frequent, frequent dream I have for whatever reason. Maybe because I work with higher education institutions i have no idea but whatever. yeah anyways yeah <laughs> continue on <laughs> oh i did I, my dad encouraged me to go to therapy so there was a counselor on campus um that i went to for a few years and she was great um really helped me out a lot um again like healthiest graver <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not sure that i would have really thought about it you know, but my dad was like, you should go, you should go. Mm -hmm. And he did things like, you know, we're going to have a viewing for the family. And he's like, I know it's going to be really, really hard, but you're going to, you're going to regret it. If you don't, 
go and see her. You know, it's like, don't worry. She's not going to look like herself, but Mm -hmm. it's not going to be how you remember her, but you just really should go. So I I did, and that was hard, but. Yeah, yeah, it's not the same. They don't look like themselves, but I think it's part of the grieving process. Yeah. I was so mad. You know, it's like she never she never wore any makeup and they'd be like have to put makeup on them but it's like oh she just looked terrible mm-hmm. you know she didn't look like herself at all no no yeah um but anyway of course you know i was her only daughter so she and i you know butted heads a lot in high school and you know i was so mad and both my parents were smokers and i just like, hated it and so mm-hmm. um i didn't want to be home a lot because of that and you know, I put up little passive aggressive notes about smoking facts and what they'll do to your body and your finances around the house. Yeah, just mad at me. But um, I will, I want to back up a little bit too because the uh, first semester of my college year, uh, so right when I went to school in like fall of 2002, my dad actually went to the hospital because he couldn't breathe. He was like having, I don't know, some something was going on. And he was in the hospital and he got diagnosed with COPD, oh. which is like emphysema because he was a heavy smoker for so long. And all of that happened. And then he got home and my mom like didn't tell me any of that happened. And so she just called me and said, oh yeah, your dad's home. You get I was like, he's home now. He's fine. I was like, what? <sighs> was he put on My dad accident? like almost died and like, yeah, didn't tell me until asking her. He was home. Yeah. I was asking my brother about that because, you know, he's older and he like, probably remembers a lot of things better than I do. Um, he's like, yeah, that's kind of my, what happened with me too. Like, she just didn't tell me until after the fact. And I was kind of it. Yeah. That's what parents, so, like, now that I'm a parent, though, I can see why. So, like, I, I yeah. You know, like, I, I, we all have those kinds of stories. Like, Kara, mm-hmm. your, your mom and dad didn't tell you what was bad until it was bad, right? Yeah. And so, yep. like. Now that I am a parent, I'm like, I can see why, though. Like, I, you don't want to worry your kids. Like, Unnecessarily, yeah. Yelp. Yeah. Yelp. Yeah. Was yeah, he an oxygen cat? Like, he wasn't put on oxygen, but he had, like, one of those inhalers. Mm-hmm. He, like, immediately, they were like, you have to stop smoking. Here's a patch. Here's steroids. He, so he never smoked again, and my mom had to start smoking on, on the porch. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a big life change for them, and... I didn't, I was nine, I was 18 then, but then like after mom died, you know, I didn't, I knew he had COPD, but I just didn't really know anything about it. I just thought, oh, okay, he's got an inhaler now. Mm-hmm. Then he can't smoke anymore. Okay. So I guess we can flash forward to like, I finished college, graduated in 2006. Um, my dad still lived in Texas because my younger brother was still in high school. So he stayed until he graduated and he graduated high school in 2006 as well. So then I'm tasked with like, helping my dad clean out the house and he's going to book it back to Tennessee because he Texas. And, uh, <laughs> and so that was like my summer after college was doing that and getting him like moved to Tennessee and, and settled back in there. So then I get my first job out of school and, um, I got a boyfriend, you know, I got an apartment. I'm like, you know, Hey, I'm doing the thing. Like I got it. I've got a design job and, you know, yeah. happy. I got my friends, I got my apartment everything. And then um, June 2007, my dad calls me when I'm at work and he's like, hey, oh, he, his mom lived in Tennessee too, my grandma. And she was 88 at the time and still driving, still living at home, like um, doing great. But he was taking her to a doctor's appointment and 
ran into a light pole and like wrecked the car real bad and she broke her leg she like got really bumped and bruised up he was driving he was driving Mm -hmm. and um she so she was in the hospital and she was hurt real bad Mm -hmm. so he's like Catherine, you got to come down here i had a bad car accident i'm bruised up i'm okay but your grandma's not and so thinking we were really close, you know, all those years I was in college and um, I went down there. Uh, I was like, what happened? And I just think that he had been experiencing some symptoms like sleeping a lot and having a hard mm-hmm. time like focusing and dialing the phone and just oh. being really fuzzy brained. Mm-hmm. And he had been going to the doctor in this podunk little town and trying to figure stuff out. Um, but I just wasn't really aware of like mm-hmm. that he, he might've been really worried about it. So he might've even like dozed off or something mm-hmm. like that caused him to hit that light pole. And, uh, there's still for years and years after that, like that chunk still taken out of that light pole every time I drive it. Oh, uh, so now, and yeah. it's like just this total symbol of this terrible day of our yeah. Yeah. So that was in June and uh, July, August, September. So like three, almost three months later, um, I could, I could work from home at my job at the time or like remotely, which was, which was cool. Like nobody. Yeah, I know. Like what year is this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My boss was awesome and trusted me. And so my dad was like, Hey, I'm having a really hard time. Like my grandmother, I guess was home after being injured but he was taking care of her but he couldn't because like he wasn't feeling well himself he's like i'm just not doing feeling good i'm like really tired all the time and i I just need some help with your grandmother for a little bit like can you come down here and it was like a wednesday or thursday and i was like sure so i got up really early the next morning drove down there it's four hours from st louis and i'm just like chipping away like working whatever hanging out with my dad taking care of my grandma blah blah blah, doing things and Noticing, yeah, like he's like really sleepy a lot. And um, that Saturday morning, I guess I got up and like, think we made breakfast. Let me backtrack because that Friday night was fun because we like sat on the back porch. I played him some music that I've been listening to that he would like. And he drank like a smear off ice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He was just like trying it. And maybe he thought I would like it and he bought some. I don't know. Oh, he, he was like a total bush light guy. So, yeah, um, we sat on the back porch and we just had like this really nice time talking. And he he was an editorial cartoonist where like he he did a cartoon every week for the paper. So mm-hmm. that was like the night where he finished. I guess he finished the cartoon and had turned it in already. So he was like relaxed. And uh, the next morning got up, we ate breakfast and he went back to sleep and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go like run some errands and go see Nima. Um, and I like, he was in the bed and I like, kissed him goodbye. And he kind of mumbled something and I was like, okay, dad, I'm leaving. And I couldn't really understand what he was saying. And I go to like target for like two hours. I'm just like mm-hmm. shopping and buy my grandma thing, buy my targeting, mm-hmm. targeting, mm-hmm. go pick up some, Schlotsky's deli and take it to my grandma and sit there and eat it with her and try to call my dad while I'm there so she could talk to him and he didn't answer and and uh she's like huh that's weird and I'm like well I'm just gonna go home now I'm like ready to go home I've been gone for four hours 
And so I went home and walked in the door and he is not awake in his bed. So I was just like, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. I'm jumping up and down, screaming the F word, shaking him, getting on the phone, 911. They're like, okay, can you get him on the floor? CPR and I was like he's 250 pounds I can't get him on the floor mm-hmm. without breaking something on, on, yeah you know like yeah yeah um and so like okay okay you know, they talking through it they're great whatever oh, paramedic showed up God. and I'm doing that thing like I guess like kind of what you were saying where she was like having the wherewithal to figure out what to do like okay I'm like all right we're going to the hospital they're working on him I don't know what's happening I'm just gonna let them do their job I grab his cell phone I grab his keys I grab his wallet I grab his address book um I take a big swig of water because I had to give him CPR and it was not pleasant Mm -hmm. and uh my dad had a lot of family cousins there so I had some I called all them they all came up there with and at this point, friend. you didn't know they hadn't pronounced him officially gone. Nope. No, at this point, it's like, okay, they're taking him to work on him and figure out what's going on. But like, mm-hmm. I just, I literally was like, I can't watch this, you know? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just going to do what else I think I need to do. So I really didn't know if they were even able to get anything out of him. Mm-hmm. At so, but at least they showed up and if they, whatever they were doing, they knew he must have not had been gone for very long, I suppose. Right. I mean, I was I was only out of the house for four hours. And yeah. he was breathing mm-hmm. and mumbling when I left. Mm-hmm. So I just think I like I'm like, what the hell? In that four hour time span, I'm just like targeting around, mm-hmm. eating pizza with my grandma. You're probably all a little bit mad at yourself too. Yeah. 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 Uh the, I mean, I don't. I don't really feel guilty. I'm just like, yeah. good. oh, that's good. What are the chances? Yeah. What? Yeah. Or and also, did he like wait? Right. Did, did he, he wait? Did he just feel relaxed because he knew I was there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, we talked uh, some of those times when I was there those few days. Like, he was. He seemed worried about what he was going through and like. She's like the doctor thinks I might have had some mini strokes, but I don't know. And I'm just like, again, I have no idea that COPD is not something that you can just live with forever. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening, come to find out, is like you, you can't. Your lungs aren't working, and your heart's not working. So like, it it just you don't heal from it. Mm-hmm. So it's. It's a chronic illness, and I guess aside from being put on oxygen, which is maybe something he just didn't want to do, like, there's not much you can do about it. So I'm over here thinking, like, oh, you'll be okay, Dad. Like, got no, more, got a lot more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember sitting on his lap. You lost your mom. I feel like yeah. what are the odds? Like, I feel, I feel like, and it's probably a selfish and dumb thought that I would have. Like, there's no way they would, like, something else would happen. Like, there's yeah. no way. Like, yeah. those, those would be my thoughts. Like, I would be yeah. like, I already mm-hmm. lost one parent. There can't, yeah. there can't uh, be another. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, I, he looked at me one of those times. I remember I was, like, kind of probably, like, sitting on his lap, I feel like. And maybe I'm remembering it wrong. But <laughs> he was like, well, are you, are you concerned at all? You know, like, I, like, kind of 
trying to express concern, but maybe didn't want to scare me. And I'm like, hello, dad. I mean, you're fine. Like, you're probably just not feeling good because it's like four years since mom died. And, you know, just this, you just moved back to Tennessee. And, you know, it's like, we need you, dad. You know, we need you. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely didn't expect that at all. So uh, then, I, yeah, I'm in the waiting room hustle. They, they like took him to uh, work on him or whatever. And then the doctor comes in and was just like shaking his head. No. Oh, God. Were your brothers with you at this point or was it still just you all by yourself? I was with my cousins. Like I had called all the family that I had in town, like the mm-hmm. my dad's cousins and um, one of his friends that had he'd been like hanging out with a lot came up there but you know my younger brother was in dallas Mm -hmm. um and my older brother was in london england yeah i was like wasn't he somewhere yeah yeah so i'm having to like this phone in this waiting room i'm like (laughs) yeah dialing my calling card number so that i can call my brother in england yeah calling cards yeah yeah, Dang, I forgot about those. Yeah, I mean, oh shit! But, uh, it was, you know, it was just terrible. Yeah, and especially when in that moment when you find him, you're like, no, not again! No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what were some of your first initial thoughts? I guess after like the doctor comes out and it is like he's gone. Like, what were you? What were some of your feelings? Obviously, like the fuck, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was literally, I'm pretty sure I was just like, okay, I'm in crisis mode. I'm going to do what I have to do now. Mm-hmm. Plan another funeral. Great. Yeah. Make all the calls. Mm-hmm. You know, I he had a very meticulous, like, contact book and diary, like, daily planner that he used all the time. And so he was, uh, it was very easy to call <laughs> all his friends. Where he was, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and so I... Again, that night, I my dad's cousins let me stay with them, and uh, I was like, Diane, I need a journal. I need you to find me, like, a notebook that I can write in. There she goes again. And he does. Yep. So I did that. She gave me a little notebook. Still got it. And uh, I used it a lot for, like, you know, figuring out how to plan it. And I had to wait for my brother to get back. Like, he couldn't just come the next right. day. England. So, right. I, uh, I had my, my cousins were like getting really anxious with me. Like, we got a point. We got a, all these people waiting on us to like tell them what the funeral situation is and you don't have anything planned yet. I'm like, dude, I, I can't, I'm not, like, I have no care about my brother. Yeah. 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 And I'm not doing that until my brother gets here because right. after my mom died, like my dad made sure that. All of his paperwork was in order because my mom had oh, good. I was going to ask that too. Mm-hmm. All of those affairs, that's how my mom mm-hmm. is too. So that's good that he at least, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so all of his affairs were in order. That yeah. makes it a little bit easier. And that but had to be the longest plane ride, like longest journey home oh. for your brother. Like yeah. the longest, like, yeah. I can't, like I was already, as you were telling the story about about your mom and you having to go home like I can't imagine ha- like what do you do like like you were journaling and like trying to like process through in that manner but like I just couldn't imagine 
and it's not like once you get somewhere it's not like you go to the place you gather right Mm-hmm. after somebody's died and it's not like you're go you're when you're gathering you're doing anything different than like the travel time but like i just feel like i would not be it it would just be so long the oh, longest yeah. guy's home like with mm-hmm. your thoughts yeah i'm sure it was i'm sure it was for him and i mean i i then i think back on okay well thank goodness i was there because yeah yep who it would have been a while yeah. how long would he have been there without me yeah that, you know i don't know who even like had a key to, yeah in there i know yep so it was all like the worst situation but like i'm i'm glad it was me yeah and all right it probably would have been like your grandma calling and the calling yeah. and calling. And being like, I can't get a hold of your dad. I can't get a hold of your dad. And yeah. You, yeah. And then you maybe traveling down from St. Louis yeah. at that point to walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had no, I, a lot of great conversations with him at the end. Yeah. That's, that's, there's something to that. I had, yeah. I also had like a, a, a closure type of conversation with my mom the night that she died, which to this day still brings me not close closure is not the right word but it brings me some kind of peace and comfort yeah that like the last words i said to her were like i love you and i can't wait for you like i come home tomorrow like those kinds of things i'm always grateful that um with with a lot of the people i've lost in my life unknowingly so but like the last conversations i had had with them even with alex like my best friend who committed suicide they were all good conversations so like I don't have I don't carry any guilt of like and I said I hated you before you got into a car accident or like any yeah. of that. And I think yeah. that kind of helps yeah. with my grief too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I could I could also then just explain like, well, of course I didn't know why he died. You know? Um so like I was waiting and waiting for the autopsy report to figure out like what actually happened because I knew he had gone through, you know, he was thinking he might have had some strokes or whatever and uh, the, he was getting like brain scans and stuff and um i kept thinking like he's got this lung problems you know why was the doctor even like looking at his lungs but anyway yeah. they said his uh his cause of death was um cardiomegaly which is like a large heart mm-hmm. which you really only see that in like athletes i guess but my my medical opinion is that his lungs weren't working well and so his heart was like overcompensating to like mm. push the oxygen i think all of that those symptoms were like he had really low oxygen levels so yeah he's gonna be sleeping all the time mm-hmm. he's not gonna feel good he's you know yeah be very fatigued and everything so that yeah. is it yeah and 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 also i'll let my mom had high blood pressure probably from smoking which caused her aortic aneurysm mm-hmm. and the dissection my dad had COPD from his smoking, which led to this condition. So I've never smoked in my life. Yeah. yeah. Same. Highly discouraged. <laughs> wow. Highly discouraged as well. I have not. Yeah. I don't. I too have never smoked in my life. Um, And both of my parents smoked. My stepdad smoked. Ben's parents. I actually joke with him all the time. Ben's parents smoked until he had a dad. So oh, no. I'm always, oh, yeah. LOL, your parents quit for your kid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also just culturally, like the world has changed a lot around the allure of smoking. You know, we can't smoke in 
hardly anywhere anymore. So No, we used to be able to smoke inside a venture, inside the Food Avenue and Target. <laughs> there would be you say, smoke. I'm sorry, did you say venture? Venture. You remember? Venture. Throwback. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Black, yeah. Black. Yeah. yeah. Fresh pop popcorn. <laughs> yes, fresh pop popcorn. Maybe the maybe Venture didn't have like a food area. Maybe that was just Target. <laughs> back in the day, Kmart did too. A food area? Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Oh wow. Yeah, you can. You, I went to a bowling alley recently. Um, don't recommend. I don't like bowling at all. Uh, and you could still smoke in the food, like in the bar area. Yeah, I was like, why? No. Yeah. And it's like gross. go outside. Yes. It's so gross. It's so gross. It, and it's like I grew up with smokers and I never my mom is also like really, really into like air fresheners and making sure it didn't smell like but you can't really hide that shit. It still smells no. like yeah, it's just like yeah. and so like I just like the way it just like I felt like a like it's like Oh. I would be I would it, <laughs> Like increases that in over times a bajillion just so dramatic of, yeah being around yeah that fandangos in valley park still yes you can, you still, can still smoke at fandangos we always laugh about that too yeah bang, <laughs> yeah okay anyway yeah anyway yeah. so yeah i um i guess we should like move on to how my becoming a mom is involved in all this too right it's like yeah. it's like that at a pre-chat no I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's see so what year yeah. was it your dad passed away how many 2007 okay and then when did you have your baby girl 2021 okay oh, okay. okay yeah yeah um quick note too i wanted to mention about your grief equilibrium oh yeah is that mine with my mom was last year. Oh, wow. So 19 years after I was 19. Um, wow. Yeah, so this year will be 20 years since she passed away. Um, so the first year, I mean, I would always go back and see my dad and like spend time with him and, and all that. But um, so I decided when it was like 10 years after my mom died that I, I needed to do something. I was like, I just know in my gut that this is something that I want to do. And I wanted to go spend the night in that hotel room. You're like Rashida. She does that shit. Like, just drives straight forward, <laughs> one on. To like, no, but you have, like, you drive into your grief hard. Yeah. The whole way. I do. I do. I do literally just, like, you hit the gas pedal on, like, to yeah. feel. I know that it's coming, and I, like, just get on in it. But this is beyond me. Wow. Cat. Oh, my God go on um <laughs> in a way like, like no how did you how did you i heard oh, a lot of follow-ups oh uh, yeah you had thought about this before i get I, I don't know how long i thought about it but when it came time to like planning it out i was just like yeah i'm doing this so was, like no question you called the hot not the hospital oh, i called okay. the hotel and you were like i would like to stay in this specific room yeah, I had to. Okay, so I actually had her key card from that night because we had her purse and everything. So I could save that. Not that it had a room number on it, but yeah, I got the room number somehow. I think I found it on the um, ambulance report. Oh, okay. Because it, like they, I guess they yeah, what room she was in, or somehow I figured out what room she was in. And yeah, I made the reservation for a room, and then I called them, and I was like, I really, I I want 
I had enough time in advance. I was like, I really, it's really important to me that I stay in this room. Mm-hmm. Do you think you can make that happen? And they were like, oh yeah, I think so. For sure, no problem. And it was, it was not a problem to do. So I went, <laughs> it was um, great. I mean, I talked a little bit about how like I didn't witness it. So like I just had this whole picture of a hotel room in my head. Mm. And I I had been to the like um, the room where I knew the gala was because they'd I'd been to other events for that same charity there. Mm-hmm. So like I I had a picture of like her night the night before. Um, but something about it is like I just needed I just need to see this. I need to visualize this space. Mm-hmm. And um, Rashida, did you go to Nicole and Brian's wedding? Were you there? Yeah, you friends with them then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was. No. I had to miss buddy. <laughs> I had I had to miss their wedding because I went to do this. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I, I will never forget that. that. Their wedding was the inspiration for Ben and I's actually. Oh, oh. It was great. My friends like like um video chatted me like mm-hmm. while we were there and called me and Chris was my boyfriend at the time we weren't engaged yet, but he went without me too the wedding and so I felt really loved because they all knew that I wasn't going to be there and they like sent a care package to the hotel for me Stop. oh my god yeah then I do I, this yeah 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 so I like snuck into town I didn't tell my grandmother I was coming I had like my friend pick me up and just drive me straight to the hotel I stopped at the 7-eleven got a bottle of red wine and I just like well, I walked around the lobby and like into the room where the banquet hall was or the, the event and it was completely empty and dark. Like the door was open. I was like, oh my gosh, I can go in here, but it was like completely empty and dark. So I just kind of like stood in there for a little bit and then I went to the bar and like got a Shiner Bach beer and just kind of sat by myself, just like taking it in. And then I, mm-hmm. you know, I stayed the night in the room, ordered a crap ton of room service food for the next morning. I it took a bath, drank wine, watched TV, just like, I don't know, I probably journaled, I don't remember. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, something else. I got, like, yeah. yeah. I just sat there. I just sat there with it and was like, okay, this is, this is my spot that I can, I don't know, honor her, just remember her. And just... It's almost like close, like you got some closure from it in a bit, right? Like, like, like you said, you didn't, you had spent 10 years kind of trying to visualize, which isn't shocking to me as a you said you journaled you drew you sketched you did all of these things so like you you are a visual person who is processing through a visual through visual aids right Mm -hmm. and so I feel like this probably put your mind at rest almost Mm -hmm. like you didn't have to come up with and I could be speaking out of turn so correct me for sure if I'm wrong but like your mind probably didn't have to work so much as mo- as much anymore to like create a scenario because mm-hmm. right saw it like yeah to like you saw it um and so I my my initial thought was whoa what a crazy woman I know <laughs> yeah 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 but now it's now like put it the putting your mind at rest yes yeah. now I'm like now your brain doesn't have to do that like it doesn't yeah. have to like you almost like freed up extra space in your brain to do other stuff, like to heal from your grief and not keep trying to figure out to plug that space. So mm-hmm. it, while it sounds 
wild and beery. A little, a little alarming at first, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. My initial thought was the F. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I was I like, put my I therapist hat on. <laughs> I mean, I like, you know, super witnessed my dad's death, so it's mm-hmm. like it was just the yeah. complete opposite, where I just had no clue. And yeah. even sometimes when I think back on it when I'm telling the story, I actually do picture like the the made up images in my head as opposed to like the real space, but it doesn't like bother me, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's something I, I just knew I had to do kind of always been that way again sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to experience it for yourself, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So yeah. I do, I do want to talk through then how all of this intersects with your motherhood because right. for someone who, for someone who, like truly like when you say feel your feels you you did that yeah (laughs) hard you did that hard in both of those scenarios right Mm -hmm. um and it's Mm -hmm. almost like you you i like to say i did a lot of work to before i became a mom like i did a lot of therapy work to like kind of not heal but like understand where my grief was coming from so that I wasn't carrying that over into motherhood but that's because I didn't do the work out of the gate like you you did you processed yourself through it um which is extremely healthy I can't get over how healthy it is I know (laughs) (laughs) well you know I mean I I had some some bad choices along the way too that I'm sure were part of as we all do an old bartender yeah yeah so I Talk to me about then, yeah, becoming a mom and what that has meant for you. Um, yeah, about your parents. I thought a lot about, you know, the the place where I am in life. Like, Chris and I have been married for uh, about five years now. And when since we've been together, it's like we always sort of knew that that's something we'd like to do, you know, if we were so lucky to. I know not everyone has um, an easy time becoming a parent, but... Um, I, I guess I got pregnant that year of the pandemic. So, um, I guess I could backtrack a little bit because at the beginning of the pandemic, when everybody was grieving the world changing, um, I feel like I have to start this way, Rashida, (laughs) not just like, um, because that everything all goes together, all blends together at, at this point. So I, um. I manage a print shop and I, I started working there with um, Greg. He owned the print shop and we became instant friends like 2011 when I started working there and we're very close, grew the print shop, very successful, had a lot of fun. Um, so he's basically like my partner in the business. And then April 2020, like right after the stay-at-home orders and everything, um, he finds out he has stage four colon cancer. Oh, no. I know. A little bit triggery for you, Kara. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm gutted. Like mm-hmm. already we're we nobody knows what's going on. No one knows yet. Nobody knows what's going on. I'm 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 working in a business where you have to like physically be there to work. Like you yeah. can't just print stuff at home. Like mm-hmm. um I'm a manager, so I also have to like figure out how to manage a few people and and then now I'm dealing with uh okay, how do I deal with this like impending loss of someone very close to me that I see every day. Mm-hmm. And um, 
who's a part business owner with you, you know, right? Like I, I gonna affect your your personal life, right? Like he's a it's his family business. I'm basically family. I'm not. I don't have any like ownership stake in the company, but I treat it as my own, and that's just um, I don't know the benefit of having a small business too. Like I, I don't know. They've been so great to me that whole family, but um, so that was like, you know the beginning mid year um and then got pregnant in june july july we found out we were pregnant and um i mean everybody knows all the stuff that's happening in the world during that time it was pretty terrible i think it probably everybody had a bit of the blues Mm -hmm. at that time but and that's how i was feeling for sure and i was like losing weight i didn't know why and and uh then i got pregnant like okay well i guess i just have to have to make sure i eat and Mm -hmm. uh Anyway, we, I had a lot of time to think, like we were intentional about having children. So it wasn't like anything that came as a surprise. It was uh, very welcome for us and something positive to look forward to for sure. And so, yeah, I I thought a lot about how I was pretty much the same age my mom was and she had me Uh and like all these things, like how did she feel? Like, I don't even know if I was breastfed like I can't all these questions I can't ask her yeah about going through this you know mm-hmm. of course I've got tons of friends who become parents that I can talk to but um not this I actually yeah and and I honestly um I had tried to ask my grandmother and my aunt too because before we um started trying to have children you know I was like what if my mom had fertility issues that I don't know about like what if there's something that I should be that I should know about. Like I did know from the autopsy that she had a growth in her uterus that was very large oh, um, wow. that she probably didn't know she had because she never went to the doctor. Oh, and so yeah. that's something that I was like, well, what if I start having those? Mm-hmm. And, you know, is that going to affect my fertility? Um, yeah. So I really went as like, and it's like, is that genetic? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, was that? yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. So a lot of those things kind of went through my mind and um I had a pretty pretty easy pregnancy um yeah everything went great and then um my water broke at 36 weeks in a day oh wow so earlier than expected Mm -hmm. and um then we I had complications of high blood pressure during labor that elevated to like help syndrome which is like a yep. super rare like extra extra preeclampsia yes so yeah i i never heard of it but i had it's be- it's really rare and like i i think only this past year have i heard of of, of it so that's mm-hmm. yeah yeah after we looked up it's like one in twenty thousand, or the, the, there's only twenty thousand cases a year or something wow mm-hmm. wow yeah. so yeah i was all messed up in labor and uh yeah. My baby was great. Like she didn't have any problems. It was, you know, we're really lucky on that um, respect. That like, but like Chris and I had to make a lot of really tough decisions about my care mm-hmm. while that was all going on. And 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 it was uh, February 2021. Uh, at this point, not nobody was really vaccinated except medical workers mm-hmm. against COVID, and you couldn't have like a ton of people at the hospital. You know. Um, so it was just Chris and our doula and 
thankfully we had her because it was like you could have a doula i couldn't have it was literally just me like there were points in 2020 i didn't even know if i would get ben in the room with me yeah parker was terrible of 2020 yeah and right before that in like april may they in new york they had let like it could only be the birthing person and so yeah and now i remember just like hyperventilating yeah because it was like god if that happened anyways though okay it was like day by day changed Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i mean we had you know it was good that we felt safe with like all the all of um Mm -hmm. the staff was vaccinated and um you know we we felt safe we had um very good care but it got very complicated and we you know it was traumatic for sure because yeah at this one point they were like okay well it's been 24 hours your water's broke you know 24 hours ago so you know now your blood pressure is so high that we got to get that placenta out of there and you're not you know close enough to push so we probably have to do c-section and because of your help syndrome you either have to go under general anesthesia which could be a risk to the baby or we and then you don't you. remember that then you're not like present for the birth, mm-hmm. you know right then it's like either that or we can give you an epidural but then we risk um you bleeding out because of this blood thing you have going on oh no and so or it's like can we have a minute yeah 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 and I'm really out of it because the they have me on magnesium to control my my syndrome, yeah, um, to prevent seizures and uh, what's it seizures and stroke. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I'm like barely I can barely keep my eyes open, sort of thing. And I'm also like having contractions, like I mm-hmm. oh, and, and so we have to like make this really tough decision. And I mean, from Chris's point of view, it's like I I was just like. I don't know, barely there, but I'm, he had to help make these decisions, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we opted for the general anesthesia because that seemed like the safer, like it seemed safer. Yeah, the lower and she, uh, yeah. yeah, and all of her vitals were great. So like they didn't seem they didn't think that she was, uh, you know, there was anything to be concerned about with her. So, um. Yeah, they had the whole like NICU team there apparently, and when she came out like screaming and crying and looking great, they were like, "Oh, well, see, yeah, she's fine." No, I just saw it. Even though she was like almost a month early, she um she didn't have any problems. She was just really oh, quiet. Yeah, and um, you know, I had I had a Chris couldn't even be in the room because when they have you under general anesthesia, you can't have your partner in there. So mm-hmm. he was just like in, in another room, right on OR, yeah, by himself. And then they're like, where are you? Here's your baby. And now he's got the baby. Hold on. Without me. Here's your baby. Yeah. 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 And just while you're waiting, the, while your wife's in the other room and she's like, yeah, okay, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, we had a pretty traumatic um, birthing experience. I was not myself for like 24, 48 hours after that. I was going to do everything. Yeah. I, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I remember that my OB coming in to like check on me you know six hours after the surgery and i was just like i can't talk to you right now i can't i can't comprehend anything that's going on right now and she's like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll come back later i know okay uh, but 
yeah, it wasn't until like we got moved to another room that Chris and I finally got like a minute to even look at each other and like talk about what happened. Mm -hmm. Because after, you know, we were together, she's like, okay, try to try to feed her. Uh, is that all these texts? Are they really seriously? Yeah, they like brought you, they woke you up from general anesthesia, anesthesia, and we're like, all right, whip that titty out. Like, let's go. Oh, no, <laughs> no, not, no, not really. I mean, they, they, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I hope no. not. The process of events was like, they, they got her, they checked her out, brought her to Chris while they stitched me up. And then they brought me to the room. And then Chris and I got, you know, he was holding the baby. Okay. And he pressed my knee and like, yeah. And I, I like kind of remember all that. But I was, I was like hallucinating. Oh, like, yeah, dad in that room. Like I was looking at a curtain and I'm like, it's all swirly and dotted. And like, I like, this is weird. I feel terrible. So, but I mean, like after we got into like the antepartum room, um, they had to keep a really close eye on me because of the help syndrome. So they had people checking on me all the time, checking mm -hmm. my vitals. But I healed really well and we got out of there. We went in Monday morning and left Friday afternoon. Good. Yeah, but it's that yeah. the nice thing about a season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You get a little bit of extra time. Yeah. And... You get extra time and then they were also like with your with your help. Mm -hmm. My blood pressure was okay and yes. Mm -hmm. I felt fine. That's a weird thing, is like Looking back on it, I'm, I didn't feel bad when they were saying my blood pressure was high and my lister enzymes were out of whack. You know, I didn't feel bad. Or do you think you would feel like you would feel yeah. that? Yeah. 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 I was just like laboring and having contractions. I didn't have any pain meds or anything. So I was just like, yeah, I'm in this. Got our pain med. Dang, bro. <laughs> was that your plan to know? To do that was my plan. Yeah. Oh. Uh -huh. So that's about, so that's kind of like another mini grief journey, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, just like that, like you had a specific birth plan and yeah. it didn't, wasn't able to be followed. Then you were, now right. you're, you were on another. Not only was it not able to be followed, it went like completely but sideways. Sideways. Like you weren't even yeah. able to, yeah. like, it's not like, and then you had to get an epidural. It was like, no, you actually had to be like put all the way F out. Like, yeah. And like you were like talking about like, I would if I die? Like, was a baby safe? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. those are scary conversations. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, and the, I was always realistic. Like, I know my mom had C-sections for all three of us. So I was like, okay, I'm like, cool if that's how it's got to go. Mm -hmm. um, but this is what I want to do. And, and then, of course, with my water breaking early, then that really just like eliminates a lot of options. Yeah. yeah. To, um, right. like, I couldn't get in a bathtub. And, right. like, even when I tried to, like, run the shower water on the sixth floor of Mercy, it's like, doesn't get hot. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> yeah. My, um, oh. So, yeah, it was that good. Like, I was going to ask why, um, after your water broke, because I have preterm labor with Parker at 33 weeks. And the doctor was pretty much like, all right, the, the goal is just to get you to 35. And if at 35, we're going to, like, if you go, into labor at 35 we're not going to stop it um and so i was going to ask like why didn't they give you medicine that like after your water broke why didn't they give you medicine to like slow it down no not just slow oh, it down speed it up so it was already yeah like at okay. 36 weeks yes yeah and gold baby oh yeah your water parker was not slow yeah parker yeah. was 36 and 6 like yeah i'm gonna ask but if you were trying to go natural that probably is why yeah, yeah. i didn't i didn't want to like there were no signs of any issues at the mm -hmm. beginning so it's like 
no, I don't want to, I don't need to like rush this out. I want to like labor to start naturally now. And like, you know, I did, there was like one thing that, that I took that was supposed to like help a little bit. And then when it wasn't progressing, then they gave me like a little bit of Pitocin. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want a lot. I want to just like rush into this, you know? Yeah. And you know, kind of like, well, maybe I should have blah, blah, blah. I can't think about it like that, but no. Yeah. That was, I definitely could have just been like, okay, epidural Pitocin, let's do this. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Given that, that traumatic ass birth story, um, Mm -hmm. the trauma of not having your parents also, what is that? How are you feeling kind of coming out of that, um, Mm -hmm. in, I guess, coming into your motherhood? Yeah. There's just so many things I wish I could ask them about it. You know, I, I definitely compare, um, I think back on like how lucky we were that my dad was, he was working from home as an artist. And so he was just around all the time, you know, my mom worked a lot, but she was around too. Like we just had, I feel like a very good relationship with them growing up. And that's like something that I wanted for my family too. And, um, you know, just even asking my mom things like how, did you go back to work? Yeah. Good fucking newborn. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was friggin' tough for me. It's yeah. still tough and, for me. And I did not expect it at all. Like, I just didn't expect it. I just thought, like, oh, yeah, I could do this. Oh, my God. I mean, no. the, by the time I went too back, too soon. Yeah. And she I don't know how much time he had off, but if it was like the standard 12 weeks or whatever, not enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did have three months and then I took a little bit more because I was like, asked them, it's like, hey, if I just like don't figure out childcare or like I'm not quite ready, like can I come back on part time, whatever? And they were, yeah. Like I said, they've, they've always treated me really well. So um, it was still just like, did my mom breastfeed? Did she pump? Like what were pumps even like back then? Like when I was born, she didn't work for her dad yet. Um, so I don't know what time off she even got, but like, mm-hmm. because my dad worked at home and he had, he could really make his own schedule. Like, I bet she got a lot of, you know, he probably did a lot mm-hmm. and that was well, that, not typical for that time either. Mm-hmm. No, that's not. Yeah. And that, and you probably just want them to be around to see and, and to interact and hold your baby and mm-hmm. just, yeah, just, yeah, have this the comfort and care of your parents. That was good. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, there was, there was definitely like, you, we couldn't have people over at the house because it was still COVID time. And you know that Rashida and like, we, I, there was a, a moment where I did like put my hands on the sink in the bathroom and look in the mirror. It was just like, this is why people have their moms come over, you know? Like, yeah, these are the times like you just want your mom to be here and like hold the baby so you can like. Lay down for it. Or like so you can pee. 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 Or like, tinkle. Walk outside. Yeah. Or like, yes. Yeah. I don't know. Anything. Yeah. And um Cameron was really, really colicky baby. So oh, but it was like it was just very oh, tough. God, especially yeah. her being so tiny. Like she was only five pounds, four ounces when she was born. So then was like this little delicate thing. And yeah. Um yeah, it was tough. And I just like, I, I want to know, like, what was I like as a baby? I have no yeah. idea. Was I caught? Yeah. 
what were my were my siblings called? Yeah, yeah. My brother have like. all of those questions too, or like yeah. I had really bad morning sickness, um, and mm. I it didn't occur to me to ask anybody if my mom had had really bad morning sickness. I think my dad eventually told me that she did, like, but this is when I was pregnant with Parker. Like, mm -hmm. I I it didn't occur to me that a of all that that can be hereditary and be to even ask like for some strange reason i was just like yeah i'll be fine and then i had debilitating oh, with both yeah. kids and like i'm like that would have been nice to know <laughs> yeah. yeah and you don't you don't expect that at all nope. so nope. no no yeah not, not at all well i guess i can sort of tie up this ends and this um story because it just it's been this last year has been really hard for me because of Greg's diagnosis, my mm -hmm. coworker and essentially business partner, mm -hmm. not on paper, but you know, in <laughs> my heart, um, he passed away in April, April 5th of 2022. Mm -hmm. So like literally like two years after his diagnosis. So we, you know, he was on hospice. It was, mm -hmm. He went through a lot of treatment, a lot of things. He like did an experimental thing, didn't work. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, we were, we were prepared, planning for it. And so he passed away and then that was, that was April. And then we had this big old celebration of life in May. And, and I, uh, you know, this is my life. Like I'm, I'm running his business. I'm like, before that, like I'm going back to work as a new mother in this family business where they have all raised their children in this company. And I'm now trying to manage it without him as a new mother like it's re it was just a, a very difficult time and then after he he died and we had this party I was like okay now I really have to like figure out what my plan is like um how am I going to keep this business going you know I start hiring people um I hired like three people at the same time it was really hard and uh, right around that time, somebody else close to me had a loss, a sudden, unexpected, terrible loss in their family. And that was like very close to like everybody else that I was around at the time. And it's not really my story to tell, but it was devastating for me too. So it's like, okay, Greg, and now this person. And then not a month, a little month and a half later, Greg's wife dies suddenly. Out. No. And we, I was just like, I'm done. Like, I cannot yeah. handle this right now. Um, no, you and her, she's done. She's paid. Like, no. Like, somebody <laughs> out there. I'm in a break. Yeah. Like, goodness. That's mom and dad. Come on. We're done. Send her the, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, out of the fog, my, my child is little over two now i mean i feel like my new people i hired at work are all settling into place um, good successful and good you know um yeah i mean i i see a lot of myself in her like just in the way she looks and so i you know look at baby pictures and pictures of my mom and dad when i was a kid you know i just i think about my family a lot obviously every day yeah so yeah yeah. How, how will you, um, and you might not have the answer for this totally yet, but like as she gets older, how will you keep your mom and dad's kind of spirit alive with her? 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, one of your questions was like, how do you honor your parents too? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's really, it's really not hard for me to do um, for a few reasons. And one of them is like, we definitely show her pictures of my parents and say, that's Papa Brad and that's Grandma Carolyn. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't really say anything about where they are. She's not really asking that yet. But um, yeah. yeah, but my father, I mentioned he was a, an artist working from home. And so we have um, been left with a huge library of his artwork. So, sure. I mean, I'm, it, there's like a shelf full of it behind me here. <laughs> and um, it's everywhere in our house and like um, on all kinds of things. And I'll be like, Cameron, who drew this picture? And she'll be like, Papa Brad. Oh, so that's cute. Yeah, I mean, I I honor him all the time because I'm I'm still trying to keep his artwork alive. Like, there's a lot of people from the '70s and '80s that knew of him that contact me every once in a while. Oh, um, saying that they have a piece or they they have photos of him they want to share with me. Um, so you know, I've got a website for him. And uh, in 2018, I had an art show in St. Louis for him, a huge retrospective down on Cherokee Street, and it was like just phenomenal and amazing and like that is amazing yeah and it was also like uh two months after our wedding it's like okay i just planned a wedding now i'm playing yeah (laughs) but it was it was another one of those things where like yeah this is what i have to do and i just like was all in there was no question about doing it and chris was like right there with me like went through everything with me and like helped me plan it all and um i had several friends that that helped anyway it was just I, I feel like I did definitely honor my dad for sure in that way. He would have loved it. Um, and so, yeah, showing her all of his artwork and there's lots. I mean, he was a documentarian for sure. Like he <laughs> never threw anything away. He like was a English major in, in college. So he like wrote all the time. So there's just like, I've got. Which is awesome. not, which is funny yeah. then because then you are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what or healing yes, or no, right? You know, yeah. yeah, I hope that um anyone listens is listening who listens to this episode takes away the uh, the the feel your feels. <laughs> like, yeah. like I feel like you you have seen a lot of loss, my friend. Like I feel like um we need like a part two, three, four episodes for you to like dive more into um all of the pieces of it, right? So like we focused a lot today on on your mom and the loss of them. Um, but mm-hmm. obviously losing like your business partner is also another giant grief journey inside of a grief journey yeah. of of becoming a mom without your yeah. parents inside of the grief journey that is the pandemic. And so yeah. I just want to applaud you for also um, having the wherewithal during like so many points of your life. Like you may not realize it, but listening to your story during so many points of your life and of your grief journey, which is, it's always fun to like get to like hear, hear everybody's life kind of like laid out in front of us like this and then Kara and I get to diagnose as if we like yeah (laughs) Yeah. um but I but they were you you seemed just like so in tune with yourself and your feelings and the things that you needed to do for yourself so like 
even if they were weird when you were like, I wouldn't stay in the same hotel when my mom had it. And Karen, yeah. like, the fuck? But you're like, that's what I needed to do. Yeah, yeah. You're like, but that's what I needed to do. And I, I just want to applaud you for that, that at every step of every, every encounter with grief, as you would say, oh, yeah. you really very self-aware. Like, yeah. You really took the time to like drive into those feelings and like work them through. And I think yeah. that's probably one of the reasons you're as strong um, in yourself as you stand before us today, you know, because you, you took a lot of time to feel your feel. Yeah. You did it. And you didn't like, wait, you didn't wait. You just did it. And it, yeah. in the moment that it, there's something to be said for that. Seriously. Thanks. I mean, I definitely feel like at 19, it was so, I mean, Rashida, you were 16, right? So like it was yeah. life changing 15. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. it was just life changing at that point. It's like, okay, suddenly, right. Like I have to, I have to be like, conscious of what i'm doing and like mm-hmm. um yeah just pay attention and i don't know grow, grow up in a way i guess i feel like it, yeah for sure for i sure grew, even though i was technically an adult um yeah you know i was yeah. orphaned at 23 years old and so it's like yeah okay suddenly yeah we have a lot of stuff to do like we have to clean out this house another mm-hmm. house again and you yeah. know lots of business to take care of um, yes but I, I will say too, like I didn't really get past the um, the Megan passing away story. But like that night too, I, I will bring up that they had three children, and so all I could think about that night, I found out about her passing, like was those three kids and like how they are now in the same situation that me, my two brothers were in, and that brought up like so much PTSD for me that night that I didn't expect at all. You know, grief is not linear. Like this is it. That snuck up on me. Like I never thought that the, the things that went through my head that night were so buried deep down in me that I like had totally forgotten about some of that stuff. And it was, it was really tough to sleep. Oh, sure. Sure. But also maybe reassuring though, because you can, you've been, you've been through it so you can kind of be like i mean it's re- maybe it's even reassuring to them yeah to be like i mean i know it is but yeah. someone who is like as soon as you hear that like oh i lost my mom or, or whoever mm-hmm. like it's an automatic like i just yeah. automatically feel close and like whatever you say i just take to heart mm-hmm. name because you know yeah. yeah and and i'm in their lives you know i'm in their right i don't see them all the time but like they already knew who i was right they you know, with their dad passing away, like all of these people in their families and their parents' lives were there. So they got to know probably more than if their dad had died suddenly. So many of those people that they were close to, you know, so their yeah. village was huge by the time they lost their mom. And like, they just had such a support system, but I'm, I'm in their lives because I work at their family's business. So I hope that I can be there for them as they get older because they're all mm-hmm. under the age of 12 so i oh what yeah i know oh gosh i, I figured they're, they're like adult children no 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 my uh greg and megan oh, oh greg and megan oh. were 40 yeah that's why i got a i got a call from one of my best friends um from college after she found out about megan and she was like cat i don't know why this is happening to you again that was, yeah. I said that, I said that in the Facebook, me- or in my Instagram message. I was like, cat. No. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's that universe. Yes. Let her know. Like, Pedro, done enough. Yes. We all have two, by the way. Don't forget. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't universe. We're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah. them alone. And every yeah. everybody listen to the mountain. I'm just gonna say, and everybody listen. Good. Yeah, we're yeah. good. Yeah. No. Well, cat. Okay. Yeah. I cannot thank you enough um, for coming on this podcast. Well, I can. I can't thank you enough for listening to Kara and I twice all the way through. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. How are your ears bleeding? Come back home, work. Yes. I wanted to make straight A's again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yes, thank you so much for, um, yeah, coming on here and telling your story. There's so many pieces of it that I think are going to be so helpful to so many people, right? Like your story transcends more than just losing a mom or losing a dad, but like also losing both parents. Yeah. Um, and then just like the different levels of grief inside of that mm-hmm. as well. So Yes. Well, if you get some good feedback on this episode and people want to hear more, I'm welcome. I'm happy to come back. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Love that. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much, Kat, for being so vulnerable and sharing your story. It's for the good. Yeah. (laughs) It is for the the good. I already know like several people I'm going to hit up and be like, hey, you got to listen to this. You got to listen to this because I do. I've I've recommended your podcast to uh, several women and who you know, are on Greek journeys as mothers. So I hope that they will, if they haven't listened yet, that they will pick up here for sure. Oh yeah. At least give us a follow on Instagram. You know, that's like, you know, I feel, yeah. well, I'm just saying because you'd be like, dip your, dip your big toe. Yeah, that's true. Or re- that's big true. toe or whatever that is. You know, yeah. and it's like that way. Because just your big toe. Just your big toe, your baby yeah. toe. I don't, oh, I don't know. Dip a toe <laughs> and try it out because sometimes not everyone's yeah. in the mood to be griefy. Yeah, even Rashida and I like Anderson Cooper has a new podcast out, and I start actually I will still like cap of an episode, and boy, it's good. Um, yeah, okay, all right, very but, good. But at the same time, I, you have to be in the mood, you know. Yeah. So you can't just so, always be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, gals, thanks so much for listening to the Grimby Mamas Club podcast. When times get tough, just remember you're a badass bee, and you've got this, Mama. <laughs> <laughs>